Pick Podcast. Picks and Perspective with Chris Johnson. kids back there how are your family man they're doing good man they're uh they're growing every day and uh it's pretty awesome, pretty mm. awesome. hey should i set up for doing any playing or are we just chatting uh you no, i mean we just chatting but if you want to play cool. you know that's cool too i i'm not i'm not worried either way i just mostly just want to catch up with you and uh cool have a have a good conversation <laughs> sounds good man, man it's good to see your face man i love your smile <laughs> thank you dude it's infectious dude thanks man it's like i i don't know i did i it just i don't know it's every, every once in a while i got things to be happy for in my life so i just try to be grateful yeah well that's, that's how i know you is being a very grateful like bright shining person you know that's, thanks, that's trying to do good in the world so thanks, and uh, that's all we can do is try one little step at a time yeah yeah <laughs> How how long you been in Portland now? For about a year. Yeah, yeah. I moved out here uh, beginning of June last year. Okay. And, uh, okay. and we just uh, it's it's been growing on us a little bit. Of course, yeah. I miss home. I miss home strong every once in a while, man. Like really strong. Yeah. But, <laughs> but right now with all the COVID and all that stuff, we can't really travel back home anyway. So helps yeah. me, helps me uh, stay focused. Yeah, it's a big change, man, from from Hawaii to to the the rainy Northwest, you know. But yeah, thankfully these last two months, man, have been showing us how beautiful it can be. Oh, but when the, when the Northwest, when the when the sun shines, it's almost like there's not much that can be paralleled to that, you know, because it's yeah. you have all the the benefit of it being rainy and green all year long, and then it just like the sun comes out and like and oh this boom. is this is Eden, right? Like, this is the yeah. garden right here. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. And you can drive, like, hour and a half, two hours, and get complete different scenery. Like, all of a sudden, you're surrounded by rivers and just green foliage. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad that you guys are doing well there, man. That's good. I mean, you guys are, are in Portland proper or a little outside? Or where are you guys? A little outside. So we're in southwest Portland. So it's, okay. I guess, still part of down there but it's like it's far enough not to feel downtown but close enough to still get stuff done yeah yeah so you haven't have you had to interface with any of the, like the riots or any of the like the the protests or anything like that down there no, no it's not it's not been close enough to home to really cause any disruption mm -hmm. okay so are you then you have you're just at home writing music or and taking care of the family is that what's up well, we got our, our youngest daughters on the way any day now, pretty much. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going to have four girls. <laughs> Congratulations, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Oh, man. Yeah, so been at home writing, um, always working on new project ideas, which is super exciting. And uh, it's just, uh, we just did Live in the Studio Volume 1. We're getting all the preliminary work done for Volume 2 of Live in the Studio with a bunch of guests, so I'm excited for that. If all this COVID stuff stays on schedule, we'll be able to pull it off. So I'm excited. Uh, I've been writing a lot, man, practicing, and I've been trying to understand the 
the concept of sweep picking, and that's something Ooh. I never had time to dig into, so I'm trying to figure it out now. It sets different mechanics from what I'm normally using. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, close up to that right hand, close up to the strings, right? And yeah, I gotta kind of muting. Yeah, and I got to kind of restrain my, my, my wrist action. I'm using my wrist as, like, very moving uh, usually. So now it's like it's learning these new motions and trying to make use of the time that I've got at home to come up with all these ideas and, and just stay busy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you don't really uh, – well, you I know you use a pick, but you don't always use a pick. You do a lot with just your fingers, right? Yeah, well, I, on acoustic guitar, I'm almost always – uh, finger style, but on electric, uh, I usually go between one or two of these guys. It's like on electric stuff. Oh, Those yeah, dude, you got the the seventy three and the one point flow Tortex. Yeah, yeah. I I had the thicker jazz ones, but somehow they got away from me, and then I couldn't find the name of them anymore. It's like, oh, I got one, but it's not the really thick one. Whatever. I'm digging in my little. This is a <laughs> That's name. a bag of picks. <laughs> yeah, I, I name my bag so I know what's in it. Yeah. Yeah, I had my other one in here, but right now I think it's all Tortex. Yeah, it's all Tortex. I got my green, yellows, and blues in my... I used to almost always use these guys. Oh, is that a nylon? Yeah, that's what I always played. Hold on, I think I lost you. Someone is calling me. I'm going to call him back. Uh... Oh, you're good. Yeah, I used to yeah. always play nylon because it, you know, it wouldn't get in the way of my wrist action if I wanted to switch over. It wouldn't inhibit the flow of stuff. But now I'm just like, yo, I want to try all this other stuff and I need something to, that allows me to go faster by, by being there whenever I pick it. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. This is my youngest. She wants uh, who's this? this? What's is your Adira. name? Adira. Adira. Hi. You say hi? Hi, baby girl. She's like looking she... at my two monitors. She doesn't know where to look. <laughs> She's so I cute. Up the camera. We messed up the camera. Let's focus it again. And there you are. <laughs> yeah. That's What's Uncle, up, girl? That's, that's Uncle Chris. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How old is she's she? Pointing it. She's one. She's just turning one. Oh man. How adorable. Yeah, man, it's amazing. Wow, oh, man, you're so you're so blessed, man. You have such a great lady and uh, and great kids and. Thanks, bro. I'm so I'm so excited for you to be uh, dad uh, a fourth time, man. That's gonna be a, a big deal, huh? Yeah, it's it's a big deal. <laughs> We're yeah. excited though, man. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I hope I, I I hope that they feel appreciated and loved, and and grow up learning to love other people. Yeah. Well, from from the way you present yourself to the world, man, uh, I can't see that not being a thing. You know, um, from the way I, I my interaction with you and the way I see you perform and write music and and engage with the world. You know, I Thanks, think that man. you got a they got a good chance. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. This one starts putting but pressing buttons now. <laughs> then, uh, so you start? Did you start out with the nylon picks, like in the very beginning yeah. when you first started playing? 
Well, when I first started playing, I think it was like Fender had those like tortoise color ones that were really thin. Sure. And then I would play those and then they would snap all the time. And so I was like, you know, and I was young, so I didn't want to have to be spending, I don't know, 20, 40 cents every gig. So I went and got, I started using, it was like that nylon and then it was a variant of it. It was like not this current 50 mil but it was a different one you guys had. The 60, and it was something between this, but it was like pretty much nylon. And that did it for me because I was like, oh, dude, this thing's not gonna break. Like you can literally right. go at it and it's not gonna break. And it gave, gave so much. So that was mostly for rhythm guitar. I would use it. Cause that's how my dad played rhythm. Electric guitar was always with a pick and it, in his right hand, he'd just be going with it. So I was like, all right, cool. That's how I'm gonna learn to play. And then. I started to switch over to more finger back and forth. And so I would just hide it like that. Oh, cool. Yeah, I would just stick it in there and go to finger. And then if I wanted to bring it back out and do it this way. And then I started wanting more resistance. So I wouldn't play it this way anymore. I'd play it that way. Ooh, with the button? Yeah, because it would get okay. thicker. And, and then I started, I, that's just all I did. Like every one of my picks, they were all point sixties and and I had, I had a ton of fun playing that way. And then I think it was, I think it was pretty much, I don't know who it was. It was somebody else. I didn't have a pick and I borrowed the pick and I had more resistance. And I was like, oh man, I hate that. And so <laughs> I went back to play other stuff. And then I went for a day, I went practicing or something. And I went hanging out with you at, over at, with Dunlop. And you guys were like, oh, do you ever try any of these? And you gave me like a, like a, a a mixed pack of picks just to try out and i think that's when i figured out it was just a straight one or something it was like a really thick one that blue one no it was thicker than that it was like a black jazz pick and oh it was like a really thick pick man and then i i started thinking like oh wait hey wait a minute that i can kind of i can kind of work with that because it doesn't go anywhere Right. And, and then it on and on and on. So I started trying to figure out what was going to be my, what was going to be my go-to. Sure. I still, I still switch it up quite a bit. I, I, I like the thinner picks. I like the, the flow 73 and 88s. And yeah, I've been playing, I've been playing sixties though, more the orange ones, just cause they got that, that snap and that. They get a thing, snap but, back, huh? I don't but know when if you I have want, any of the orange, do I? When you want, you might, I don't know. I don't know if I gave you any or. Let me see what I've got left. I had a. I don't know. Oh. No, man. I've... That's the other thing. I've got this, the pick holders. Oh, yeah, that's nice. So I started losing them when we were on the road. So I bought like, I bought like four of the big ones and I cut it in half so I'd have eight. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. Man, well, the uh, see, tell, what was, tell us about your dad a little bit, because you, you, uh, you learned to play guitar from your dad. Is that how yeah. he got started? Yeah. So my dad primarily played keyboards and piano, and he has okay. a really good, like, style with that. And then he, he kind of taught himself guitar, bass, and all these other instruments. He basically believed like, talent. He always described talent like water. You could just pour it into anything you just have to put the time in you have to put the time in 
So he would teach himself like harmonica, guitar, bass, and all these things. So that's how I ended up learning how to play guitar was from my dad and then learning from listening to recordings and stuff. This is all pre, pre-YouTube, I call it. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and so what, what ended up happening, man, is like, wait, sorry, my daughter's going in the trash can. Okay. <laughs> In my in my work corner, the trash can is not a safe place to dig into. No. <laughs> Got old yogurt, a bunch of stuff. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So what I would do is um, I would watch him play, and that's sort of where my wrist action developed. So mm. when my dad taught him, he did slapping and stuff on the bass, and then he took that kind of wrist motion coupled with a pick. I forgot where I stuck my pick, but coupled with a pick. And it started to kind of look like that. So mm. that's how his playing always looked to me when he was like, what his right hand would do. And so then I started trying to learn how to play other songs, other styles with the same wrist action. And then I, the pick started getting in the way. And so I would remove it. And so it, it turned into that motion of getting kind of hitting the, the low end and then either rolling through the fingers or just picking and I had a couple of other teachers along the way that really helped me out in different directions. One was JP Smoke Train. Mm. One sec. Hey, Ida. Ida. If you don't respond, I'm going to turn the movie off. Ida. I need you to get your water bottle up there for your sister, her hydro flask. <laughs> so, um,. Yeah, so what happened was, uh, what was I? Yeah, I was talking about finger technique. So one of my teachers was J.P. Smoke Train, like pure blues man. Mm. Like pure. If you played with him or he was teaching you, it was had to be pure blues technique. So I learned a lot from him about playing only playing the notes that would enhance the song. Not not playing as fast, not playing as a lot of rhythm stuff, but... um. Mm learning different forms of chords, learning different forms of this. And then there was one gentleman who really like blew my world open, who I only met for 30 minutes in my life. And he never, I, I'll never remember his name. He was a young military guy, maybe about in his thirties. And he came to visit in our house and was talking to my dad about music. And so my dad sent him over to give me a lesson. And he just explained and showed me the cage system. Mm. And, and building that in a different ways down the neck. And I had never looked at the neck that way or learned that before him. And he just kind of came in my life. We talked about music. He showed me that, gave me that lesson, and he was gone. Never saw him again the rest of my life, man. And mm. it was like, every once in a while, people come along. And before that, I had my infamous one-string solo, I used to call it, or my dad <laughs> used to call it. It was, uh, it was horrible. But... Uh, <laughs> Before that, I was just interested in rhythms and chords and all the melody stuff I'd play on piano. I wouldn't really, I wasn't really going after that on the guitar. So it was like all this transitional period. I think I was about, I think I was about 18, 19 when, when I got that lesson. Yeah. So was piano your first instrument? Yeah. I've been playing piano and keyboard since, I don't know, since as long as I can remember. That was, that was my first yeah. one. That makes sense too. Just like as your dad says, we pour the talent into a different thing, and he's put the time in. 
right? Yeah, like that. Yeah, he was really serious about that, about putting the time in. He was like, you can, because because we as humans, we can put any title on ourselves we want, right? I can say like, jazz saxophone player because I practiced for 10 minutes. And then like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm this. Cause I, and he's like, no, you, you've got to pay time. Time's got to be mm. put in. And that's where you start to get it. You know, you got to get muscle memory, strong advocate of muscle memory. So um, yeah, if I wanted to learn something and thankfully social media wasn't as distracting, as distracting, <laughs> not distracting. As distracting then as it is now. It's so much part of our lives now. It's like every two to five minutes I catch myself, oh, what's going on? What's new? What's you know, what's the news? And then it was like, Man, I had time. I'd sit in a corner all day with my guitar or my piano and just run scales and and if I wanted to learn what somebody was playing, I had to go buy a book or uh, or sit in front of the record player or C D player and just loop loop it. Just keep yeah. Back. So, yeah, man, that's that's basically how I learned. And then um, going out and trying to play with people who are better than me and much older than me. And then it just, I got sent off stage a lot growing up with my dad. He would send me uh, to play with some of his older friends, and he wouldn't bail me out, man. <laughs> he would not bail me out. So you, you like what you mean? You, you get on stage and not be prepared or not be good enough or something, and then get sent I, sent off stage or what? What was that? I, I get on stage and run a thousand miles an hour with a solo <laughs> on a blues ballad or, or a soul R and B ballad or, or something or like so everybody would just be grooving and be like, oh, that's great tone, Ron. They call me Little Ron. Like that's great tone, man. That's great tone. Uh, all right. Now Steve's gonna solo, or, or or Chris is gonna play. Just just hold back now, play the chords, <laughs> and that's what it showed. What I didn't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh you man. Know, as a young guy, man, you just wanna you wanna show off all the stuff you can do, and um, that's what I ran face into. Mm. No, that sounds like. I mean, that sounds familiar to me. Like I I don't even I still don't. I'm only now in the last three or four or five years, whatever, like trying to really understand the, the, the support role of guitar. And I've been playing 20 years, you know, like I, I intellectually know it. I know that you're supposed to vamp and do chords behind other people's thing. Right. But, but like, hey, it's a guitar mate, player thing. It's a guitar yeah. player thing, man. It's like, it's like, you guys good. You guys good. I'm here. <laughs> totally it i want to be out in front man because all my favorite all the guitar heroes in my head were out front and they were the center of attention and they were taking leads you know your your arch nemesis was always the saxophone players and the harmonica (laughs) players because they're in a similar they want to take the solos too right there man they come it was so funny man there were so many different uh things you have to learn kind of growing up and like just playing in jam bands and sit-ins i think you learn so much from just sitting in a band you don't know or or just open mics or just jamming or just getting in there because it's like you have to be out of your comfort zone. If you're not oh. leading it, if you're just getting in to f- learn how to flow with something, I think that's one of the greatest ways to learn and put what we think we know to the test. It's because mm. like uh, just sitting in with people and you start seeing all the what not to do really clear. Like I, w- I would sit in with some players and they just wouldn't stop. I mean, the singer's singing and it's still trying to get a lick in everywhere. And I'm just like, ooh, so that's why they said for me to hold back. <laughs> Is that really and, what I sounded like? 
sometimes it takes seeing i mean a lot a lot of times it takes seeing somebody else do it and you recognizing it in somebody else before you can see it in yourself right yeah uh, yeah like yeah. like i know i know for myself like i didn't have that type of self-reflection and then it, it takes hanging out with somebody and them going wait it's not only four bars bro four four this is my turn let's like just trade up four bars and four bars <laughs> that's why i call it trade and fours like yeah. uh, okay yeah. well i guess i gotta figure out how to feel that that section of four yeah. so that i can listen yeah. better yeah know? the other way that i learned to solo because it was weird i played a lot of piano like i said keyboards and stuff first so when i played guitar it was mostly for the rhythm of it i love rhythm stuff and of course love george benson and everything but I couldn't get my head wrapped around learning to solo initially. Even after the lesson with the guy with the Kate system, I just couldn't. I mean, you look at a keyboard and it's all right there. Once you spend time with it, you see everything. And then mm -hmm. switch it to a guitar initially. It's like, where, where is everything? Yeah. <laughs> so one of the lessons I'll never forget was like, I had just got my first Marshall stat. My parents, of course, funded it but i was stoked man but i couldn't solo so i was just playing chords and stuff i was have i was like oh this is pretty cool and so there's an old friend of ours and he would come in just in case he sees this i ain't gonna say his name but he would come in and and um give me lessons and i'll never forget this one lesson he came in he was all like you know do it this way and he knew man i didn't i didn't know where to start like to do a good like or bends and all that stuff it was either overbends or underbends. It was bad. It was terrible. But he would work work me through it. And I'll never forget, one day, these two girls walked into our shop. We had a, a, a home studio where we would jam and people public could just come in. And these two girls came in in the middle of our lesson. And then all of a sudden, it turned into a shred-off fest. And I'm just like, I'm like, man, you know I can't solo. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, ah, oh, this young guy, man, he thinks he can solo. But and he's just like, killing me and i'm like and i'm like what the heck is going you're playing my guitar on my amp and you're trying to make me look like a clown right now <laughs> what is going on and again Man. again my dad didn't bail me out uh, it was like after the girls left and you know he left and we paid him for the lesson and he left or whatever and my dad came over he's like whoo how did that feel and i was like I mean, I was confused, man. And he was like, he's like, didn't feel good. You know, you know what the uh, solution is to never feeling that way again, right? And I was like, what? He's like, practice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, he's like, yeah, man, you'll, you'll go on a big stage one day, just relax, having a good time. And there'll be a guitar player there who just wants to make a name for himself. You gotta, you gotta prepare not just so you can overplay, but so you can express in the song, but also defend yourself if those moments come up. Mm. And I, and sometimes it's just, you, you have to learn that by example, learn it by it happening. And you're like, oh, I guess I better learn to do that. You know, cause you, you hop on stage, you're having fun. It's great to me that the favorite part of collaboration is when you find another musician who's in it for the, for the moment, for the whole picture, like, Mm. You solo and trade with an artist like Eric Krasno. Yeah, when, love Eric. When he when he plays on stage with another guitar player and he's trading mm. licks, it's really like, let's take everybody on this experience 
let me vocally, guitar vocally play something, you responding, and us doing this back and forth is actually painting the picture. It's mm. not like, it's not like, oh, look what Kraz can do. Mm -hmm. It's like, he's such a vocal and tasteful guitar player. Yeah, he's he's one to, to, and I think what you're outlining a little bit here is that like w when people have musical conversations, right? Oh, and, yeah. the, and, and they're interested in what each other has to say and they're listening yeah. as the other person does what they do so that they can have a, a, a response that is appropriate, yeah. right? Yeah. Versus uh, just let it like letting it be noise in their ears. Okay, okay, all right, okay, Ron's done. Now let me show you what I got. Because yeah. I've been thinking about what I'm going to say the whole time. I'm going to shred his face off. I'm going to try to one-up him, you know. And it's like, yeah. Kraz is definitely not that guy. You're not that no, guy. No, man. Yeah. Um, I think a master yeah. of that, a living master right now of that is Derek Trucks. Oof. Man. For sure. He's He's got to be the most vocal guitar player alive that I know right now. It's like, it's so vocally translated. It just, it just ain't fair, man. <laughs> <laughs> For the rest of us, huh? Yeah, yeah. I hear him play, and it just, right away, I just want to close my eyes and just be in it. It's like, wow. Mm. Thank you for that. You know what I mean? It's like, that's the thing I like about music is you just get surprised every once in a while, and it's it's so cool. Yeah, 100%. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm so thankful, especially, you know, every day through the covid things being home and mostly being on my own with my dog that like that music i mean i can't imagine this life without music i just can't i can't imagine Dude, it like i don't even know crazy how hey, i would even be a person that's also when you get reminded through that you you've been you've been struck with the bug man <laughs> that's how you that's know true. you're supposed to be doing music or connected to music is when is when you just can't imagine life existing without it, I think. Mm. I think that's that's just that that's the stamp that, dude, this is who you are. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, what you're saying, man, like I I think that's the biggest one of the biggest revelations for me in my in my last 4 or 5 years is with music, especially lead playing because like in the beginning, and even not that long ago, I felt like, man, I just gotta, I just gotta learn a couple of tricks, man. I gotta learn a couple of tricks. Where's the trick? What's the trick? How do? What's the shortcut? Can I, can I just? Oh, can I do that diagonal lick that kind of sounds cool and is impressive when people are around? Is that the thing, or, or is it? Is it this super heavy riff? Is it this complicated rhythm? Is it these things? And the more I've been around people like you and all these great players like Kraz and and all that, the more it became super apparent to me that, man, you got to come up with something to say. Come, yeah. come up with come up with something that has space in it, too. It doesn't all have to be, you know. Yeah, man, I wish I turned my amp on already. Um, let me you can see. go for it, man. Come, come on. Yeah. There's no time limit here. I, go for <laughs> it. I lost you, huh? No, I'm here. I'm here. You just got to turn your video. There you are. Yeah, I haven't done a sound check, so I, I hope you can just tell right. me if it gets distorted or something. Play, play a little bit. I'll tell you. That's good. 
Yeah. So I was messing with this lick that I heard um, I heard on a recording the other day, and um, it reminded me you're talking about learning tricks every once in a while, and one of them was like I do a lot of sliding without a slide, so it's stuff that's like mm. just to kind of get it more vocal. But then I heard this lick the other day was like. So it's like, yeah. Sitting at home is like, it's giving me a lot of time to try to break down licks that I hear, and I'd be like, that's the cool thing about trying to break down blues licks, especially, is because you have to learn a new technique sometimes to get to get where that person was because like all the greats they had their own way of getting there there wasn't there wasn't so many youtubes and stuff to to look at so they had to find their own way to get there like albert king of course albert king stevie ray and buddy guy they spent so much time together there's a lot of overlap in technique yeah sure my little, my little one's grabbing my book <laughs> but yeah that was a fun one man i was like i was like wait a minute so I can slide while bending? Of course I can. So that, that was the lesson on <laughs> it. man you have such a good like a, a real such a nice touch to the guitar i can tell the way that you touch the guitar and like just showing me that bend and slide like there's a there's a real special nuance to that and you've got to like you've got to care for it you got to really care for like yeah, the, the way you approach it man yeah when i was first doing it, it was like you know being aware of the under or the over bend on the slide And, and did your vocals start at the, at the at the beginning too? When you started first doing keyboards, were you into vocals then too, or did that come later? No, I always loved vocals and listening to vocals. I maybe every once in a while maybe tried to sing something as a kid, but um, no, man, I didn't actively pursue singing till I was twenty-two. Oh, yeah. And was, what was the inspiration around that? When did what 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 brought that up upon your your who who was the one you know or who was the my my parents <laughs> yeah the, yeah uh my favorite place to play in a band was always in the back it was like because you know there's no pressure there's no there's not everybody having an expectation on you reason it was my favorite place is because the music's already going and just say everybody's just doing this just doing their thing, right? And if you're this backup guitarist or keyboard player, your job is to embellish and just add melodies. So it'd be stuff like. Dun, 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 dun. 
So I would just play licks like that, not singing, just like playing the background stuff, adding to the song. And one day my parents came in and they were they were thoroughly convinced. They were like, Ron, we believe God told us you should sing. And they just stared. Oh. And I was like, I was ready to run out of that building, man. I was like, there is no way you're getting this guy to sing. There, I, I mean, there were, there were three things that were in my way of ever thinking about being a singer. One, I couldn't sing. Two, I even if I could sing, eventually, I'd never be able to sound like the singers I love listening to. I mean... There's so many. And then mm. three, I was I asked my parents, it's like, could you ever can you name one professionally successful lead singer that was able to keep a strong moral compass? Oh. And I was like Good question. I was like, and they're like, so man, my dad being the guy that he was, he went straight at all three excuses. Is, <laughs> which is what they were. They weren't valid reasons they were excuses mm. and uh he's like one you can't sing how'd you learn to ride a bicycle how'd you learn to play guitar how'd you learn to play piano doing it practice falling getting back up and i was like all right i all right okay you know fair that and so <laughs> this was the tricky one he was, he was like oh you can't sound like your favorite singers you love listening to he's like well name one. I was like, well, Stevie Wonder. He's like, what do you love about Stevie? And I walked right into this. I said, he doesn't sound like anybody else. And my dad said, exactly. <laughs> Are you trying to sound like somebody else? I was like, I was like, dang, I know where this is going. So then, <laughs> this was like my last, my, my, my iron fence. This was my last defense here. It's like, you know, George Foreman. Mm. I was like, he was like, there's not one popular lead singer who's able to keep a song moral compass. And I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good one, man. But I don't care if you're work at a bank, if you, you know, do the garbage truck, if you bag, bag groceries at a grocery store or play guitar or sing, nobody's going to make you do or not do anything. That's all you. So if you choose to sing or not, that's not going to make you just all of a sudden have a moral compass. So that that's, out of all the excuses, Ron, that one's not valid. And I was like, <laughs> ooh. It's like, all right, let's just start tomorrow morning. Whoa. That was it. <laughs> wow. That was it, man. They they um, they stayed on it, stayed on it with me. And um, it was, of course, getting through all the tough stuff with technique learning how to, the muscle memory again, learning how to follow what you hear in your ear and how to get your voice to go there. Yeah. Of course, what you run into right away in the beginning of being a singer is you run into all your limitations, like all the untrained muscles, all the untrained breathing techniques and how to get there. You hit a good note, you're like, yes. And then the next five times you try to hit it, you land way off somewhere else and yeah, everybody loves to critique that. So it's like it's getting over all the head games and just just going after it and then trying to make peace with the sound of your own voice. It's that's a hard one, man. Trying to listen back to yourself, speaking, oh, yeah. singing, it's it's hard. It's hard I can only imagine as a singer, I mean I 
I'm very untrained and but even though I love singing when nobody's around because occasionally I do sound okay <laughs> but but starting this podcast has done that to me because I'm like well, yeah. the first like 20 episodes I was like I listen back and go to edit and I'm like oh man no way this is trash like I don't even want to hear myself talk <laughs> like and my, all my friends are like dude it's fine you sound fine you sound like you and I'm like yeah, that when I sound like trash, and they're like, "No, don't talk bad about yourself." I'm like, "Ah, it's so exactly. many opportunities for self-hate and for self-loathing and for that's, picking yourself that's, apart." That's true, but you gotta be you gotta be honest with yourself. Would you stand for another friend doing that to themselves? Right? No, no I wouldn't. No, no, I wouldn't. That, so we you gotta we gotta we gotta be that example. One other thing that came up with me personally was like um was. The fact of making p peace with how you sound and everything, it's its tough when your parents are telling you, you sound good. You know, well, it's like, you're my parents. You have to say that. <laughs> right. So, that's, that, you know, that's the first thing I was thinking. I was like, you're my parents. You kind of have to say that. It's kind of like in the handbook. And my parents were like, "Where? where's the handbook? Because we never knew one existed. <laughs> and uh, so the, the funny thing was like, Get out to sing for strangers. Think, sing for people who you know are going to be unbiased, who don't don't owe you anything or don't care about mm -hmm. you, and play for them, sing for them, and and you'll get that kind of response that you're looking for. That's what happened to me. It's like, imagine if Bob Dylan thought that, oh, I just don't sound good, so I I won't write these songs. Uh, man, he's got uh, a very kind of monotonistic tone sometimes. But oh yeah. Man, I I love every tune. And yeah. it's like, it, it, there's tons of singers that could have came up to him and been like, hey, you can't do this. You've got no falsetta. You've got no this. Give it up. Hang it up. But um, I, I'm glad that even if somebody ever did say that to him, that he kept going, man. It's like, it's like I, I, I never forget a uh, turning point for me as a singer. There were, there were three main ones. One of them was, um, it was after the two years of practice that my dad and I reached a rock and a hard spot. He thought I'd made this enormous progression and I felt like I was still at day one and nothing had changed and I was ready to hang it up. And this woman came in uh, one day, I'll never forget this. And my dad and I kind of basically made a bet. And it was first person that comes into our shop in the morning, you're gonna sing for them. If they like it, you've got to keep trying but you have to give it your all. If they don't like it, you're done. You don't ever have to try to sing again. And that was our, that was our deal. And I said, I said, deal, we, we shook on it. So this woman came in this morning and my dad was like, hey, do you like music? And she's like, yeah. He's like, you got five minutes? We wanna play a song for you we're working on. And she's like, yeah, sure. So she sat down, my dad played the piano and I sang Over the Rainbow. It was my mother's rendition. I loved hearing her sing it all the time. And I opened my eyes at the end of the song and she's crying. And I was like, oh man, see, I knew the singing was bad. I, I, just, I didn't know it was that bad. But it, she had to, she went through the torture of five minutes of listening to that song and she, she's crying. And, uh, and she, when she went to speak, it was the opposite. It, she was really moved. And then she told us her story, which was, undeniably uh, motivated me. And it was, she said, 
All her life, she'd been trained to be an opera singer, and she'd been pretty dang good at it. Until one day, she was about 20, 21 or something, and she was babysitting. And these young guys came in her house, uninvited, demanding something physically from her. And she said no and told them all, told them off. And a 16-year-old came back with a gun and emptied it in her chest. Whoa. And laid her there, left her there, just bleeding next to the kid. And the, she, I think the kid she was babysitting was three. She got to the phone, dialed number 911. She can't remember what she said, but then blacked out, woke up in a hospital. When she woke up, only thing she thought was she will never, ever sing again. Because this is your whole world, your lungs, everything, mm-hmm. your diaphragm. She's like, it's, it's over. And she never gave thought again to singing until she saw this frail, nervous, scared young guy singing his heart out to the beautiful song Over the Rainbow. And I thought, I thought, wow, man. And I thought, if all I can ever do as a singer is inspire somebody to do the right thing or do what they believe they should be doing with their life, I have to try. I really, I have to try. And that was my major turning point to where I accepted personally that I, I was, I have to, I'm a singer or I have to be a singer. That was, what a that, great was my story. Turning point. that was my turning point, man. And it, it's really just, you, yeah, you can't plan people like that walking into your life and dropping <laughs> such a heavy story on you. It's like, I, I was just like, what excuse do I have? It's like yeah. her her voice when when she was speaking to us. I never would have known she was an opera singer. Her voice was raspy and kind of heavy, and she's just like she showed us the one scar that was up by her collarbone, and she's like the rest of them all on her chest and abdomen. And I was like, I was just like, wow, the things you don't ask for in your life that happen, but there's those personalities that persevere. Yeah, man, how how, how incredible. Uh... Man, I, that just sounds like God speaking directly to you, man. Like, uh, yeah, dude, through, through your parents, through this a beautiful yeah, stranger. You know what I mean? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't escape it after that, man. And then, and then my life has just reflected me over and over. Just, just told me like this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is where I'm supposed to be doing. And, and I live by this scripture in my life now. It, my parents and I, they always were like in your life you have to figure out what your reason is for living what your reason is for having the gift you have and my scripture was isaiah 61 it's basically the spirit of the lord is upon me to preach good tidings unto the meek and give love to those basically to those who don't believe they deserve it and Mm. i was like i'm basically called to be a servant with my life man and with my talent and i was like if i could do that then it's it's enough for me, man, and that's that's kind of where I keep my focus in my life. If I can be a if I can be a servant to humanity, serving to people, and serving to Christ, I'm I'm happy, and it's it's really fulfilling, man, to be able to just write and sing and play and see it brighten up somebody's day or somebody's life just a tiny bit, even mm-hmm. just for a moment. It's it's pretty fulfilling. That's so beautiful, man, and I'm I'm so thankful for you, dude. Like that really. That inspires me. I'm, I've, I've already been inspired by you multiple times, but but hearing your story around how it came, how how you have shown up since then, and and, and hearing the, the the doubt 
in you um, at multiple points, right? Like, and, and I think yeah. that it's one of those things where I don't know who said it, but it's like, uh, you know, uh, some, only someone who doubts can, uh, can actually like, uh, find, find the truth or something like that. It's like, it's like, if you don't have any uh, doubt, then there, then there is, there's no, there's no growth. Looking. There's no movement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have a certain amount of doubt, you know, to overcome that and feel that resistance that kind of, uh, tension in yeah. your life. Like where you're like, Oh, I'm not sure. I'm like, I don't know if I can do it, you know? Yeah, and man. then, yeah, it also persevere. helps. I can't say this part enough, man. It also helps to have people around or have people in your life that see something in you that you don't see in you. Mm. Cause I wouldn't be who I am, man. If there weren't friends and family or people around that saw something in me that I didn't see. I just hundred percent. Yeah. That, that's 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 a major part of my story. It's a major part of my life. It's just what's incredible is to, to to just to hear your parents' foresight. Like I think that yeah. and them being so sure, walking in and being like, you know, God said you're a singer, and you're like, ah, oh, well, I don't know, he might not be right this one time. This one time, guys, he's yeah. probably not right. I was like, I was like, that's that's too much pressure, man. It's like. I was like, I, I need, I need space. I need space. And, and my yeah. parents, when they're convinced, they don't give much space. <laughs> sure, sure. I was like, I, I need, I, that's, that's a lot, man. That's, that's a whole lot. And it's like now looking back at my life and all the places that singing has brought me and all the people that it's connected me to. And, and my daddy's since passed on. And I, I was like, imagine they didn't come up and tell me that. Imagine they kept it themselves. Imagine they doubted. I was like, I can't go back right now and get that lesson from them. Imagine I never, ever gave an idea to singing. It's like, mm. it's so much has changed just from that. I mean, I just thought my comfort zone where I would be is like playing in the back of a band, just having a good time, being in my own world. To me, it's like, it's, it's as real as walking through a doorway when music starts or I go to perform or I go to go into music, to me, it's as real as walking through a door. You can physically touch this other world. It's like, it's as real as like this pen or this, this remote. It's as, to me, it's that real. You're in this other world and there's everything around you. There's music, there's, there's just how people are creating and expressing themselves. It's all these colors and feelings and emotions and it's just that tangible. And so I just, I, I could just get lost in there. And I never for a second thought that I was supposed to be singing in that space, man. I just didn't think that. So I can identify, man. I mean, uh, it's a, it's a, t a different thing, but, uh, I recently <laughs> just, I've like, had, I have some good friends that I, I've made music with off and on since, uh, I don't know, like, uh, late teens or whatever. And, uh, we, we, a couple of us, like me and my buddy Don, we, we've been kind of experimenting recording. I remember when I first got my first four track and like, we're just hanging around and like, like, oh, then you, you put a thing down and then, then I'll put a thing down, you know? And then like, yeah. we got two more tracks. We can bounce it down and like going through that, that spit, that, that, that intellectual like realization of like the layering of how yeah. it's going to work. And then you can, then you just play it back. And the first couple of times you play something back that you're like, that's, 
that's me. That's me and you, bro. Like we did that. Yeah. And it's not even any good. It's not any good at all. It doesn't have to be, man. It it's just that. Be. It's just that. Like, I remember some of my first stuff I did is on guitar. One of them was like it was a practice that I made up, and it turned into a thing. It was. just that and then i think somebody was like we we had like a four track it was like one of those red ones i think it was tascam but you could put like an old compact flash card in it it was like and so i could record one track and pass and then we just go and we just and we just listen to that for 15 minute jam, man. And we, that's yeah. all we did. And we listened back and we're like, cool. Now yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, man, it was, it was so, it's, it's such a, a, a profound moment. And then doing a lot more, more experimenting uh, for, for years. And then uh, a, a couple of buddies of mine got into hip hop, trying to do hip hop, like rap vocals and stuff, you know? And, uh, and I did a little bit of it with them back in the day, but it was horrible. You know, it's terrible. Uh, and hey, then, man. hey, we all got to start out sounding like Mr. T, man. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, you kind of like you, you got it. You're gone. Tomorrow <laughs> is now. Say it. Got it. Like, that was <laughs> that was early rap, man, and I thought I was killing it. I thought I was oh, killing dude. it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, a couple of those, a couple of those friends of mine are still doing like they're they've been doing it hip-hop for a long time and they've gotten better they've gotten like good at it, doing it right and awesome uh i moved i'd recently moved back from la back to kind of my hometown of chico area northern california and a couple of those guys are around and they like come on like i want to come over you got all the studio stuff like maybe help me with this track and i'm like sure man i'll help you with the track he's like i want to do anything musical with you guys you know and mm-hmm. they come over and we we start messing around and they're like all right cool so you're gonna take the third verse on this and I'm like, no, dude, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Like, I'll help you. I'll play guitar on it. I'll do, I'll, I'll write bass for it. I'll, I'll program the drums. I want, like, like you, I want to be in the back, man. I'm fine. I don't need to be up front. I'm pretty good, you know, on all that. And they're like, no, man, let's just give it a shot. I'm like, just do this one. I'm like, all right. Well, it is uncomfortable. And I know, and it's not like I don't want to be doing the thing with you guys, because I do. We'll see how it goes, you know? And so, <clears throat> I took the time. I said, you guys go away and I'll write about it. And and I, I ended up doing a verse. And I was like, oh, that's not it's not terrible. It's like not good, yeah. but it's not terrible. Dude, that's so, like, good that's, friends. That's good friends, man. Right? <laughs> so I was like, and so now they they've done they 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 came over a couple more like creative sessions and left me with a bunch of these beats and a bunch of these things they've been working on. And they're just like, hey, man, it's all fair game. Like, do whatever you want. Write guitar for them, write verses, write a verse, send it to us. We'll put a verse on it, send it back to you. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe. I'm not, no, I don't know if I'm really ready for the thing. And um, then, uh, I don't know, they, they sent me another envelope, another folder full of beats. And I just opened up one. I was like, oh, I really like this. Maybe I should write some guitar or something. I started kind of hearing a little bit of vocals. Do it. Like, do it. Do it. So now, now do I've got it. like three. I've got three solo tracks now that I'm like in demo form, yeah. right? You know, and I'm like, I'm not even. It's it's total surprise. I wasn't I planning it. 
that, you know, uh, but, yeah. and it's, it's an opportunity though. I, I see it now, like for me to engage my, my writing again, like, yeah. cause I was just focused on this, you know, and like being kind of anonymous in a way uh, by just, just holding the guitar and not actually using my voice and not using my words. Yeah, I but mean, uh, another thing I recommend it. is like, I got like, I don't know, five, six, seven books. I never go through a whole book. I just always just randomly pick up one and start Dude. somewhere. It's like, if you have vocal yes. ideas or just lyrical or rhymes or whatever, I just take it out and I just write something like, um, like I got, I'll just jump in here on this verse. One song I just wrote, I just wrote, I just, one day I just wrote like, Something about you keeps calling me back, and I don't know where to. I don't know where I should begin. And then it's like, and then went back, and that ended up becoming a song. Like it's just mm. like you just. Sometimes you write a bunch in here. Um, this one, I don't even think this is a song yet. It's just like I'll just write stuff in here, and this one's like, "Hey, young friend, I'm just a voice here. I hope you're hearing me. This world wants you to listen. Rebel the way they told you. Oh yeah, that's kind of cool. Like. This world wants you to listen and rebel the way they told you to rebel. Mm. Like, they don't want you to rebel your own way to be an individual. Oh, yeah, we got matching books. Yeah, dude, I was like, I, dude, I got this is, this is my hip-hop book right here. I've been yeah. all my like, music stuff I've been writing in here. Yeah, just, yeah, this was just last week, a couple weeks ago. I Maybe two, three weeks ago, I went and bought one of these. Got one for the podcast. Got one for my Kiesel and, and nice. Artist Relations. And I got one for my yoga because I teach nice. yoga and I, um, I got that one's the most full because I'm always writing new sequences in there. Yeah. But and that was the that was the other little um, strange like revelation in my brain was that I was like the writing thing. I've been writing a bunch, but it, for yoga sequences, I'm like, okay, you know, Tuesday night yoga flow. I, here's the I, I write down yeah. like what I'm what I want to do and how that's gonna go out. And it's because I've been practicing this. Uh, container using an hour or hour and a half long container and then filling it up uh mm. with the right amount of um you know with, 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 a, with a real flowing. yeah real particular flow and very specific thing you know and 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 so then i realized i'm like oh well this the hip-hop tracks it's the same thing it's the same thing it's just curating a vibe and uh sometimes, very intelligently you know yeah together. Dude, sometimes sometimes i write from two different places when it comes to lyrics, when I have time to sit down and write it, sometimes it'll be like, I have an idea of what I want to say and I want to try to find a clever way to say it. And usually I'm always blank. Mm. The other way is I have an idea of what I want to say and convey and I'm going to write it as fast as I think about it. So I don't overthink. It's always possible to go back and revise something. But mm. it's like, I find that as it goes in your head, as inspiration's hitting, you just hear these words. Don't criticize and critique it yet. Just get it all out. Mm. And then go back and look at it. Because maybe as I go through line by line, I'm just like, uh, oh, that doesn't make sense. But I'm scrolling and come back. And I was like, oh, it's like a story. It, like, it makes sense like that because I'm keeping that thing there. Then I bring it back there again. Then it's here again. It's like it's like that one song when I when I, when I first was doing the, the song Silent Whispers. It's like, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like you're saying the same thing twice. But then I was like, I don't care. I'm going to go with it. And then mm. the definition's going to come out in the song. And the definition did. It's like you love a friend so much, but they keep doing things to themselves to hurt themselves. But 
like you can shout at them and we all, we know usually that never works so it's like silently just like silent whispers silently like just putting it in their lives and silent it's like reinforcing it over and over and then maybe they think it was their own idea and they do the right thing <laughs> maybe they <laughs> drop that bad habit it's just like silent, just consistently just putting it there mm. and then it's just like that kind of tough love man and and that's what the song ended up being i'm glad i didn't squish it yeah yeah well it's like it's kind of like you're uh you know the idea of like walking your talk and being an example too right right it, it, part of that is like just to constantly be an example of what it is yeah that you're yeah, looking that's, for right yeah that's that's the greatest way to be is to be an example like living what we're trying to advise somebody or share somebody yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> yeah. do any of the, do any of your your youngins like uh, have a, a pull towards music? Are they yeah, playing they anything? All do, they all do a little bit, but I think they're all a lot more intrigued with the drum set than they are with the guitar. Okay. But this okay. one, this one seems to be all about guitar right now. Yeah. Aww. You say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. There you go. Thanks for the waves, kiddo. So hey, cute. Good job. <laughs> all right. I didn't understand. I think I think they all want my attention in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. Um, what have you been listening to lately? Are you are you, are you listen? Do you listen to music oh, while you write, or are you kind of? Uh... I try not to. Yeah. When I'm writing, I try not to listen to much. Um, when I'm studying, I'll go listen to everything. I was just gonna go through and see what's in my top five listen to. Yeah. Um, number one has been, I don't know how to say his last name. It's Tom Mish and Yusef Days. Oh. They just dropped that Dude. album, um, What Kind of Music? So good. Oh, what? Man. Man. <laughs> yeah. man I love, I, both those guys are, 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 are heaven sent, dude. I, I, I love, Dude. they have like infinite groove and infinite like taste. And... Yeah, it's tasty, man. Yeah. And then I like listening to a lot of Passenger. I don't know if you know who he is. He's a singer songwriter. No, I don't he's, know Passenger. He's great, man. It's felt just like Passenger. And he's just a okay. great storyteller. It's just great. And then i uh, been listening to John Mayer live in LA. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That doesn't Can't get go wrong with that. No. And continue the Continue album. And then. Um, yeah. Oh, my daughter really wants it. The other one is PJ Morton's Gumbo Unplugged. Okay. You listen to PJ Morton much? No, I don't know PJ PJ Morton. Hey, go check him out. You're welcome. All right, thank you. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna love it. Yeah. Oh man, thank you yeah. for the recommendations, brother. Yeah. So yeah, PJ Morton, the album the Gumbo Unplugged. He's got like, he's got so many good guests on there. He's got Yeba. She's just, he's got Lecrae. It's it's great music, man. Great okay. content. Good storytelling. It's it's real stuff. I like listening to music that you know feels tangible you know you can feel somebody play these instruments and really singing yeah that, that always does it for me man yeah me yeah, too I, I i gravitate towards that type of music as well yeah and i still got my staples man i'll i'll, I'll go to uh, i'll go to ghost note snarky puppy oh yeah when oh, when yeah. i when i when i really need my mind stretched and it's like you know i've been I really want to listen to some good, just good composition, good out there stuff. It's Ghost Note, Snarky Puppy, man. I love those. Dude, guys. the Snarky Puppy group is just a that. That's incredible that they've produced so many 
Uh, I mean, the, the, it just the collective has so much talent that each little spinoff project, they you're all just like, what? Yeah, it, and like, yeah, Ghost Snow and... But what happened is like, it's so, it's so normal for bands to have spinoffs and then they sound the same. But these guys, they all sound different. Yeah. It's like Mark Letiri's project, it's like, dude, it's like... Dude, Mark is ridiculous. It's like, like can we get your hands examined? Because it's like, <laughs> we need to make sure you didn't swap them out or something. He's yeah, good. dude. He yeah, is really good. good. And then you got, um, yeah, with Ghost Note, it's just like the nucleus of that group. I mean, Spot, Nate, Xavier, Mono. It's like, it's really everybody, but it's like, it's like the interplay between those elements. I mean, it's madness. Mm. It's madness is what it is, man. And it's <laughs> it's good madness. So like, sure is. I I'm happy that there's a lot of good music happening like in my lifetime. I'm happy that it's not all going all pop radio stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a strange not, thing, not man. To throw, I, I... Not to throw shade at anybody, but you know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not a pop fan. Yeah, and that's totally fair. Um, I think it's interesting though because there are a lot of people. Because pop dominates the the psyche because it's you, you hear it and you feel it everywhere, it's everywhere, right? Even if you hate the song, you're gonna hear it in 15 stores where people just they, it's like it's it's bought right. and sold and shoved down our throat, man. It's like if more stuff got through, like when Ndire came out with their album, when when that came out, that wasn't pop, man. But it's like it's like whoa, yeah. And then when Adele first slammed on the scene, it was like whoa. right. And then it's like, okay, now there's all this other stuff. Man, there's so many good musicians that, like, imagine what it would do to the, the minds of kids if growing up, if their radio jam was, what do you do? If there was Lingus by Snarky Puppy, if that played on the radio all summer. Dude, that would be the sickest thing ever. We'd have such like, smart kids. Yeah, imagine <laughs> they grew up and they're just like, Humming that in a car because it's every store, everywhere you go, they're like da 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 da, and he's like, and and that was what you heard, as opposed to hearing. Right, and then 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 what what would happen? You know what would happen is that the the following generation, if that was one generation, well maybe, or they might rebel and do pop, you know, and pop would be underground. It's like the bubblegum pop would be like. Yo, you got any of that uh, that Britney Spears, dude? Have you heard the? I mean, yeah. that stuff's that's mind blowing because it's so simple, right? Uh, like it would be that. You know how generations do, like. Yeah, yeah, we do. But <laughs> but to to argue that, like, the reason we had like the early hip hop was the way it was is because like the parents of that were like James Brown and the Funk, and like the parents of them were jazz, man, like right. jazz, blues, and real gospel. And her parents of them was like, was going further back. It was like this African rhythms and vibes with each generation, it became something new. But nobody goes back. So we just keep, now we got like this auto-tune mumble rap that's like in the top <laughs> 10. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, um, how about you go read some literature? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, you're right, man. But the the good news, I think this is the 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 good news is that even though pop is pervasive, 
even though it is a, uh, it seems like it's everywhere and that's what most people are into uh, to some degree, that there are, we're actually in such a golden age of music. We, like it's literally, if you, if you can There's think everything it. everything being produced. Yeah, if you can imagine it, it's probably out there. And if it's not, it's probably yours to make, you know? Yeah. That's, like it's like one of that's the That's what I do, that's what I do love about all these on the, on-demand music services. I mean, not that they're being nice to us creators, but it True. really kind of blew the library open to where you can find so many different things. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'll, I'll search any kind of music and it's, it's, it's there. And it's like some artists you never knew existed in Brazil creating this music that just puts you and just puts you like in a, in a, in a trance for a whole week. Like, mm. I'm just listening to this over and over. Like, one one thing I was listening to the other day, and I put it on. Oh, there go my, my eyes are getting older on me. <laughs> I don't know. When did that happen? Um, oh, man. I think it's because of all the, the screens and the devices, dude. I was spending so much time. And I actually wrote it in my book because it hit me so hard. This guy's name. Um, where are you? Oh yeah, it was Paolo Frizu, The Silence oh. of Your Heart. And it was just so good, man. <laughs> hey, that's Lily. How you doing, Lily? Hi, Lily. <laughs> so it's this one. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that. A little bit. Mm. And it's just like, I was listening to that and I was just like, wow, man. This it's just so sweet. It's it's got it's got little elements of like Miles Davis blue and green that really mellow and Bill Evans, but it's like it's his own thing. And it's just like you get music like that, it's just coming out of nowhere and you're just like, Yeah, man. Somebody's creating somewhere in the world every second. It's encouraging yeah. to keep going. Are you familiar with that that app called Radio O O O? Do you know that one? It's a. Uh, no. So you might really dig this. Um, so I'm gonna write it go down. and write it down in your in your book and check it out in the app store later. Um, it's just radio, but it's got like extra three or four O's at the end. Nice. And uh, it is an app that um, you get to choose. There's a grid, right? You get to choose. The, uh, uh, it's, you see a map of the world. And you and you choose a country, no a location, way. and then you choose a year, and then you choose: Do you want it to be like mellow, or do you want it to be exciting music? Right. So you can choose 1980s Russia mellow, and it, it'll start playing a random artist from what is it like that called era. Time Machine. Radio. No, it's called Radio. Radio with a lot of O's called the Musical Time Machine. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, with with all the extra O's. Yeah. Cool, man. That's the thing. And so, like, for, for, for interesting, random, uh, you know, inspiration, like, you, that is a killer tool. Plus, you just turn, you just get turned on to some random stuff, and you can go as far back as, like, the recordings go. Like, nice. I don't even know when the first recording was, like, in 19, early 1900s or something. They even have a thing called 8-Bit Island. <laughs> Cinema Island. Cool, man. I, I think that's going to be my jams for today. Oh, yeah. You know, 1910, 1960. Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna. I wanna. I, what did the 1900s sound like? 
You're going to find out. Oh, they said... What happened? Here's my boat. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. I'm going to be jamming today. Yeah, man. Well, enjoy that. And, uh, you know, uh, let me know if you find something really cool. Yeah, will do. Hey, I got to hey, start man, getting I, on baby duty. Of course, man. I know you got the family and everything. But thanks so much for taking the time to hang out and, and tell stories with me, man. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Yeah, big love to love you me. and the fam, man. Thanks, man. Love you, buddy.